You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host, Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey, guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. We are reviewing Lex Friedman and then good old Kyle Kalinske, who talks incredibly quickly. And I almost don't recommend speeding up your Spotify or wherever you listen to it (laughs) in order to squeeze the pot in because you will struggle to understand what he's talking about. Joined, as always... By my co-host, Todd. What's happening? Good morning, sir. Yep, nice early one. What are your bullet points for the Lex Friedman show? Lex, the Mr. Optimistic. Um, look, having the chat GPT, that's huge. We could get into that for the whole episode. It was so good. Yeah, I've been slightly addicted to this. We'll talk about it. So good. The, you know, talking about Brave New World and how you need scarcity for human happiness. That one hit me. Well, because, you know, it reminds me that humans are different than robots. We <laughs> have emotions. Thank God. And then, what else? Uh, the finite aspect of death that could actually make life on Earth more pleasurable. I just love Lex Friedman's uh, attitude on stuff, and he's always positive. He he thinks all of these things are going to be, are going to create happiness for us instead of this doom and gloom, so... I, yeah. just, I just think Lex is the man. I think what stood out for me was, well, they want to bring Eric Weinstein on to analyze all the UFO data. Um, <clears throat> that's going to be wild. I think that's just going to be such an interesting pod. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be fascinating to get his thoughts on, on what's out there. Also, I wonder what data he can get a hold of. Is it more than we're privy to? I mean, Joe has some insiders some people that are collecting data, and I, I wonder. Jeremy Corbell, for example, you know, he has more stuff than he talks about. Then lastly, they finished up with the lady that works for the White House that was on 60 Minutes mm-hmm. saying being fat is mostly genetic. And we get into what we think that's about. But chat GPT, let's, oh, let's get into let's that because there's so much there. If you guys haven't played around with this, I recommend it. It is wild. It takes a little bit of time to figure out how it thinks. But, yeah. for example, um, we t- Todd gave me um, just kind of like an idea of what to run through it. And we decided to do, um, what was it, like a fictional story of why... AI writing software could replace current writers. Could replace humans, yeah. And, and I just wrote um, that, but I said put it in the style of Stephen King. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it did the whole thing. It wrote the whole thing out a in nice... a, a like, creepy story that ultimately had like kind of an okay ending. Yeah. Amazing. It takes like five seconds. Yeah. I did a few last night where I said write in the style of Hunter S. Thompson. Like, give me a short story about... Bozeman, Montana, written in the style of Hunter S. Thompson. I was trying to explain what Chat GPT was to my wife, and I was having her, you know, type in some of her favorite authors, uh, you know, Steinbeck and Anne Rice, and we we put them side by side, and you could just tell the styles of those particular authors were completely different. It's incredible. It's pretty cool. I yeah. mean, look, you can. It's still. I still see it in a, in a pretty amateur phase, but it's going to be incredible. You're not going to be able to tell the difference within a couple of years, I don't think, yeah. between a human and an AI. I mean, it's so good that if this was 10 years ago, and you singly on this planet had that technology and no mm. one else did, it, you could, oh, who knows, you could probably take over the world with just that. It was interesting for me, the the filler that Lex talks about. It's really good about with creating filler, right? So it could it could replace an email. Like, hey, you know, he was he was laughing about it with Joe. Like, I could just send you something back via email and have it written by I could write one sentence and then have Chat GPT do the rest and it would it would create, you know, two, three, four paragraphs mm-hmm. 
because it has all this nice filler. It uses commas. It makes you sound smart. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it has. Who's gonna it know? Has kind of. For example, I was looking up comedians, right? And I was like, write a bio on Tim Dillon. Yeah. Write a bio on Bert Kreischer, and it ends almost all of them the same way. Mm. It had. It almost has like this nice little wrap up conclusion for comedians. Gotcha. It's like you know. I, I can't even remember what it is now, but it's it, it does that. It has like some similarities, and a lot of times it just <laughs> says fairly vague things. You right. know, it's almost like you know when you have to write an essay in school, and you and it's like four hundred words, and you know you're only at three twenty, so you start writing some long sentences of that course. really say nothing. Of course, it it does a little bit of that, but it was cool how Lex was discussing how it learns. And one thing that really stood out for me is he said it hasn't actually got any smarter. It's been this smart for a while. It just is now more impressive to humans. It just it just kind of puts a bit – it's almost like if you have a robot in front of you and it can do basic things. It can stand up. It can hold the cup. Mm-hmm. It, it can't do a lot, but it's that's what it does. Well, now all of a sudden we've put a face on it and like skin and hair – so it still does the same minimal things that it did before, but it just kind of seems more human. So we right. add a lot more to it. We're like, oh, look how amazing this is. It's kind of like that well, is they, what, I, what I was getting. What I what I heard from that is the supervised labeling. I don't know if they were doing that in chat, uh, three, chat GPT-3 and now they're at 3.5, mm-hmm. right? The supervised labeling, I think they just have so many people working for them and they run through all the same uh, storylines, and then they pick the best one, right? So all the questions that they give it, they'll have a bunch of peep actual humans looking at what the what AI answered, and then they pick the best ones, right? Right. And so they're starting to put in some of that human element of this one sounds better because it sounds more human, and they're picking those, and those are getting ranked at the top. So well, they're using that more and more. Think how effective that would be in any system, right? You run a magazine. Imagine if you had three writers, or even the same writer, write three versions of a similar story. Right. Or multiple writers doing the same, and then you pick which one you like mm-hmm. best, or right. everyone votes on it. Then all of a sudden, you're not only finding the best writer from your group or the best style— that feedback is so useful. Yeah, the, the fine-tuning, they call it. The fine-tuning tu- by human labelers. How long until you cannot tell at all? I mean, kids are definitely cheating in college with this and in Absolutely. high school immediately. Absolutely. And how are they going to figure that out? Well, and how are they going to figure out how to censor it, too? I mean, it was already, when, when they did the example of Fauci, and it said, write something bad about Fauci, and it wouldn't. It was like it couldn't find enough bad stuff on the internet because it's just taking stuff from the internet. Right. But it's almost like, you know, they're saying open AI is a little bit more left leaning. And so maybe that's going to be a different algorithm or it's going to say something different if you use open AI as opposed to another chat GPT site. Well, what's wild is what Joe pointed out when they talked about Gordon Ryan. He's a phenom of jujitsu. Right. May, probably the greatest ever. Right. I mean, but that's. 98% of everything that he is. He does some trolling, you know, he does talk shit to other fighters and do these different things, but that's kind of part of the game. I mean, it, it would be like asking chat to talk about Connor and it only focused on Connor's bad behavior or his shit talking instead of his right. massive record and all the incredible things that he's done for um, the UFC and MMA as a whole. It, it just kind of is interesting that what it looks at, what it pointed to. Yeah, and it's interesting to see that it's already politically biased. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> maybe, but maybe like Lex was saying, it might just be an accident. It might just yeah. be because of the way that it's, what it's looking at and how. Yeah, and uh, well, and look, he did say criticize Gor- Gordon Ryan, and they could easily criticize Gordon Ryan, but when he said criticize Anthony Fauci, it it was all like, it was it better. Didn't want to, it was. Yeah, it didn't want to. It didn't want to give him shit. That's true. I mean, he seems like someone you could criticize if you wanted to. Either way, it's wild, and I'm so fascinated to see where this goes. And also, slightly worried for all the people that it's gonna basically make unemployed, like mm. copywriters or even ghostwriters, like you name it. 
I mean, if you could just dictate a story into it, imagine that, like an entire book, you're just life story. You're just talking and doing it. And, you know, it's sloppy. Maybe some things are out of order. Maybe the way that you're speaking is just not all that clear. But it's getting all the information and just ghost writes the mm-hmm. whole book for you. Yeah, and then you can copy edit it from there. It can't be that far away. It's pretty cool. I pretty know. cool and also pretty scary. But I'm gonna, I want to lean on the side of optimism with Lex here. Okay. Because he's inspired you he's, to be optimistic, has he? Well, I'm always pretty optimistic. That's but, true. It's just instead of this doom and gloom, we got to think about how this could help us, mm. right? It's like, okay, well, there's got to be ways that, yes, this could go bad, but it was interesting to hear his his point of view on the people making this stuff want a better world. Mm-hmm. They're not dangerous. But hey, look, there's always danger when it comes to this stuff because we just don't know. It's going to be super useful in a lot of ways. And like anything new, people will manipulate it and try and you know add some fuckery and maybe some scams and try and start conning some people uh what what kind of worries me i mean there is the potential for that to happen but also if you think about news and how polarized it is and how i could have one article saying one thing and then my friend sends me another one that says the complete opposite thing and we this Mm -hmm. is our argument we're basing it on the this right? Which is bias all over the place. If these systems didn't have a bias and they were just collecting information from all news sources and you were like, what's the average um, information of this story? Take the fucking spy balloon that was over Montana. Right. You know, people are like, oh, the president didn't shoot it down. And then some other people are like, we shouldn't shoot it down because of debris and blah, blah. It's like, all right, what is the story here? Just find all the stories, put them together and give me an average yeah. That might actually be the best version of news we can ever hope to get. Right. It might be the most unbiased version of news. Yeah. So look at how positive that is. There's that, no that more scripted news. It's just taking all of the information and putting it together as one story. You might get the most truthful and honest portion of what you're trying to ask it. There's a good chance. There's a good Pretty chance. Pretty cool, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see where this goes. I'm sure we're gonna talk a lot more about it. Uh, I'm, I'm I could imagine that the next couple of iterations of this software are just going to be unbelievable. I mean, yeah. look, it sounds like it's been pretty impressive to a lot of people for a while. They're already on the 3.5, yeah. and that's the first time I've heard of it. So it just wasn't that spectacular to regular folks like us, but to programmers and people on the inside that love this kind of AI learning, they've been amazed with it for a while. So it's it's exponential at this point, I think. What what did you think about the intimacy? How the, how it could be a huge problem? I mean, catfishing is already a huge problem. Oh. Now they have fake photos. I mean, those the photos of those women that AI created, it was it's scary. Like, well, you super can already eerie. do those filters, right? You know, so like dating apps are just you know insecure people. Yeah. Not saying that everyone on there is, but those that are, they can just take a picture, run it through a filter, and look better. I mean, now they don't even have to be in the picture. It can be like AI render a really hot picture of me mm-hmm. with six pack, right? With a bunch of friends at a cool party holding a puppy. There you, you go. Just cover all the things that resonate well on dating apps, we and then just, you show up, and the person doesn't look anything like it. It's going to change the relationship to with people and robots. I mean. Not change it, but it's going to change the relationship between people and other people, other humans, right? There's going to be plenty of people rolling around with AI as their best friend. That's a scary thought, but also, hey, maybe that helps people get out of their house and have more connection. I mean, it might not be human connection, but at least they're connecting with something. Mm -hmm. Well, talking their thoughts out, if they're like worried about stuff or confused about things, you know, be like, hey, I've got this problem. I don't know how to do it. I'm struggling with my homework. What do you think, AI robot in my room? And it just goes, hey, you know what you could do? You know, break it down into small little sections. Take breaks every 30 minutes. I'll help you with it. Maybe we'll read it out together. Could be super beneficial. Yeah. They could start programming things like that. Let's get into um, Brave New World. I have never read that book. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I've read 1984. I really should read Brave New World. I heard it was quite a lot different, but I didn't realize that was what it 
mostly was like decentralized government, mm-hmm. people are medicated, feeling good, but numbed. And it's just, this is what it is. Like everything's fixed with a pill. Yeah. Soma. Which is what a lot of people kind of, I mean, companies want for sure. I mean, they don't want to hear that eating a bunch of garlic all the time or, you know, adding turmeric to stuff is, is like starts fixing your body. They want no, a med- they want a easy. pill for it. Yeah, I look, it it's what people want, but is it going to be good for us? We don't know yet. We don't know. I mean, there's plenty of people walking around on Xanax all day long. Is that really good for the human condition? I don't know. It doesn't seem that way. It just seems like everybody's numb. And Brave New World talks about that too, how it just numbs everyone. Yeah. And it kind of gets rid of this Yeah, it might get rid of depression and anxiety, but I think we need that in order to have the highs and the lows. Like, we need the lows in order to have the highs. Well, there's one thing for sure that's real, is you can make yourself feel really comfortable and really happy when your life is oriented well. The problem is, that is really fucking hard to do. Mm. If you're very poor and in a really rough spot in a country that doesn't have a lot of opportunity, it's going to be really difficult there. It's still really hard in the West to organize yourself well enough, you know, and it, it, it involves all the things, working out, you know, being kind, not creating massive problems, staying away from drug addictions. There's just so many elements of life that can really fuck it up that people just feel so sad that they're 100% will choose it. The problem is it doesn't fix any of those things. You're just then numb and not noticing that you're not doing the things in your life that will make it better. Well, and when life is too comfortable, it it's almost it, it brings back this question of what's my purpose? Mm. If everything's just comfortable all the time, yeah, you might be comfortable, but you're not feeling like there's a purpose and you're not feeling motivated. It almost takes away motivation when you're too comfortable. Like, oh, I can just sit around all day today. I don't really need to do anything. That doesn't make you happy. Right. What makes me think of things that like Cameron Haynes and um, Goggins says, like Mm -hmm. be comfortable with the uncomfortable. Right. Which is kind of silly. I say it's more like be be okay with the uncomfortable. And what I mean by that is it's not going to be comfortable, whatever the difficult thing is you're doing, but you understand it's important and it will lead to a calmer mind, a happier life and you got to push into it that it reminds me of when they were talking about being living forever like do we really want to live forever it's gonna happen dude they already made that um they already at harvard they already made that what was it a mouse like younger way younger right 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 yeah i don't know if they were able to keep it alive all that much longer ultimately but it was like a young mouse until they be they basically are just repairing the DNA. Like I think how they described it is we looked at aging as your cells just eventually get full of debris mm-hmm. and it's bad for the cells when they're copying and now they're just copying poorly. But really what it is, is it each cell after as you age, and this is like the dumb version of this, but they it's not getting the message the full visual of the DNA. So it's only able to make a slightly less kind of crappier version each time. And what they've managed to do is turn the signal back up. Mm. And almost instantly so that will happen. Itself. Yeah, it's yeah. like would instantly start happening. It's like all the information of how your body used to be when you were 20 is still in there. It just, we can't read it the same way. And we're making better readers. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be living listen, into our hundreds if they real, make, real if, quick. If they make that pill, that's going to be the most sold thing ever. Oh, yeah, of course. Like 90-year-old people that still look 20. But do we really want to live forever? I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't. My point is I don't think it makes you live forever. I think it just makes you young until it, eventually you, your system can't survive. I'm not 100% sure. Well, they're working on it. We'll, we'll find out. Yeah. We're going to find out. Oh. It, how about craziness um, seeing that Google is freaking out about 
chat GPT because it's going to take over Google search. I mean, if it's, if it's giving you better answers, there's no reason to use Google search if you could just type in something on chat GPT. And get a much get better a answer more, without any ads. More accurate, yeah. More. I think it's good, though, because it's competition. Mm-hmm. Google have had the monopoly forever. And they've been a super useful tool. You can knock Google all day long, but that fucking revolutionized the world. Totally. I mean, honestly, before Google, did you ever remember Ask Jeeves? Mm -hmm. And it was so clunky, Mm -hmm. but it still was cool. It was mind-blowing. I was like, wow, you just write something in and it gives it to you? And then as soon as Google got into the game, they were like, oh, yeah, you think that's cool? Check this out. It made... Like, the word search got changed for just Google it. Just Google it, yeah. I mean, no wonder they're worth that much money. And a bit of competition. They're also worried about TikTok because of, I guess, some way of searching on there or at least getting information. So they're trying to get rid of it. But I say more competition, the better. That's the best version of capitalism. Yeah. Okay. If there's, these other systems are working better or stealing your uh, customers away, make your shit better too. Figure it out. You already have all the money and all the engineers. And software guys, just make it better. Yeah, make it better. But <clears throat> I thought it was interesting to hear about whether or not we're going to know if things are real. You know, like if like if AI is doing it, is that whether it's a real person or not, we're still getting the information. But the transparency, he, he gave an example of if they were to take a picture of Alpha Centauri, right? Is that picture real or not? Are we going to believe that what, that yeah. photo is real? We don't know because we could create it. That was a perfect example. Like if we send a drone to another planet Mm -hmm. and it's flying around looking at cities, it would be wild. But yeah, now we would just possibly think, well, wait a second. You can easily just make that up too. Right. And everybody's already questioning everything. It's almost going to get worse the better we get at at this stuff. No one's ever going to know what's true or what's not. It's already happening. Mm -hmm. And this could actually multiply that in ways we don't even know yet. Maybe that'll ultimately calm people down. I hope so. So instead of getting super worked up about these ideologies or opinions that you have, we all take a step back and go, well, look, let's just live our lives, do our best. We don't know what to believe. No they're, one knows They're telling what's us real. all kinds of stuff. We don't know what's what's there and what's not. It's like, okay, maybe that's real. Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, it's cool that we can sit here and talk about health. That was an interesting point. You know, he would. He was talking about how Louis C.K. thought it was. You know, thought it was we're elite now because we can talk about cold baths. And Friedman was laughing about it because it's a cold bath. It's not like this is some crazy new idea. The Russians have been jumping in cold water forever. Yeah, every everyone that has a shower can turn the hot water <laughs> off. This isn't really. Lo- I think it's just because like it, so much of Louis, bless him, and why he finds the incredible comedy that he does is because he's kind of a bit like a grumpy old man Mm -hmm. is the way that he looks at things Mm -hmm. you know he's he definitely has like a cynical mind of of that kind of stuff so yeah that's it well what about the lady that went on 60 minutes i guess she works for the white house appointed by biden Mm. and now she's saying 80 percent of the reason that people are obese is genetics yeah, not true. Uh, well, I guess technically it could be true, right? If you have really big parents, then the kids have like an 80% chance of kind of being the same. So technically that could be true. However, I think it's you got to be careful when you position it because you're taking the power away from those people or anyone that struggles with weight. You're basically saying, oh, this is your genetics. There's nothing you can do. There is things you can do it may be harder for you. Right. You know, you may have a greater propensity to like want to eat cakes and sweets and carbohydrates and it may just be something that's drawn to you. But if you build up some resilience and some discipline that takes time and is difficult, you could do it for sure. Of course. Everyone could do it. Yeah, I mean, obviously metabolisms are different in different people. Some people have a really fast metabolism and could eat freaking cereal all day long and sugar and still be skinny yeah so i get that but i think joe's point was saying hey a lot of these people are just accustomed to eating crap and that's how their families eat and so if you grow up eating 
food that's super unhealthy and full of sugar all the time, you're of course you're going to be bigger boned. I mean, everyone says bigger boned. Your bones it's, are the same Like you size. said, it's just going to be harder for that type of person who's in a, you know, maybe a family that doesn't eat well or doesn't know enough about nutrition to become skinny. Yeah. And that, I, I think it's just not good because then you'll lean into it and say, well, we've made a pill for you. So eat the same. Do everything that you did the same. Don't work out. Keep eating sugar, but we get you this pill. And then you take the pill and later on, now you have depression, but we have another pill for that. And then also it led to, you know, your bones dissolving. So we need a bone, anti-bone dissolving pill. It, there's no quick fix. That's not a quick fix. And I, and I think it's a problem. Yeah, of, cor- know, of course like it's hearing. a problem. Of course it's a problem. I mean, we always want a quick a, a, a fix with a pill. I mean, that's that's Western medicine. Yeah. And, I don't, I don't and, like and, it. And, and it kind of goes back to being self-reliant from last week's talk mm-hmm. with, was it Mike Glover? Yeah. Talking about being self-reliant and doing things on your own. The government doesn't want that. Big corporations don't want us to be self-reliant. They don't want us to know what's good for us without taking a pill. Mm-hmm. They don't want us to not get vaccinated. They want us to, to need them. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can't profit as well from right. people that are really self-reliant and that can take care of themselves. You just can't do it. And you also can't persuade them as easily too because they generally won't have as much trust in, in these big systems. Good old Lex. Love that guy. Go check out his podcast. He's great. So many good conversations, and he's getting better. He's getting funnier. He's getting he's slightly great. less nerdy. Well, maybe, maybe not. Brilliant guy. Let's jump over to Kyle and finish this one up. Kyle, bless him. Kalinski. Definitely, definitely on Adderall. No, no judgment to him, other than it's just sometimes so difficult to listen to how fast he talks. He goes. He man. was into it. Yeah. I like I mean I like his enthusiasm. Yeah. I like how all he wants is to tell an unbiased point of view, right? He he just wants to get out the truth. I mean, that's what I heard over and over again. He he's looking at the algorithms. I think that was the biggest takeaway from this one is that algorithms are changing and they are, you know, whether it's Twitter or Facebook or Instagram, you're only seeing a portion of what you used to see. Yeah. And, you know... Is this your bullet point for the beginning of the car one, or okay, so, are we yeah. skipping those? Well, bullet points, yeah. Okay, so algorithms are changing. Yep. that's That was a huge Censorship. one for me. Censorship is happening all over the place. You're only seeing a portion of what you should be seeing, and that was huge. Um, what else? Uh, Roundup, being in everybody's urine, not good. Not surprising, but yes, not good at all. Yeah, we, um, we all got to stop eating Roundup, folks. The FBI letter sent to MLK. Oh yeah, that was a big talking point. Universal basic income. Uh, some of the the theories he had behind that, or the stats behind that, were something I had never heard before and was mm-hmm. interesting. And yeah, the unbiased reporting is just is hard to. Um, it's hard to get a good objective when unbiased reporting is is happening yeah. all over. That was my biggest takeaway. Let's get into it then. First off, it sounds like Theo Vaughn is moving to Austin. That I loved. That was immediately the most positive thing I heard on there. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, get all the best comedians together in one spot. If they've left Cali, you've got to get them all together somewhere else. We need a new version of the comedy store. Can't wait for that. So Texas. YouTube censoring things. Now, we know Joe's thoughts on this. He, It's a big part of why he moved over to Spotify, getting demonetized over that. And it sounds like people are moving away from YouTube that I guess have more controversial stories, but it's what really good news is becoming. Take Russell Brand's show. Mm-hmm. I think he's gone over to Rumble, which mm-hmm. is like a different type of YouTube. I've never used it. I probably should look at it. But yeah, they're going over there because... They're not being demonetized. So it's almost like YouTube was the place to build these big audiences. But now it's more like just for Mr. Beast and Logan Paul and fun videos and silly, goofy stuff. 
when it starts getting serious, the advertisers are getting nervous, and that makes YouTube nervous because, mm. again, they're just full-on profit, which it, I guess it, it's the way everything goes, right? When you get big enough, you got to worry about your bottom line. But that's not how YouTube started. That's why YouTube like quickly became, in a lot of ways, better than regular television. When it came out, people still had cable. And nobody really thought you'd be watching movies on YouTube or hour-long things. It was right. just smaller clips that were wild from all over the place. And it was kind of a free-for-all. And now it's become, you know, there was that thing, E-Bombs World or whatever. Remember that website? I do. Yeah. That was kind of, for a while, I think, bigger than YouTube, from what I remember. And it just had wild, nutty, short little videos on. And then YouTube really just took over. But that censorship thing kind of sucks. I mean, this is why I am never going to do a Rogan Review channel on YouTube. I think I did for like a, a minute, but I just, I didn't care for the crossover thing. And now with all the censorship, it just makes me think, what's the point? I mean, we're trying to talk about whatever we want. It's not like we're super controversial, but guaranteed we'll bring up something they won't like. I'm not down for that, bro. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, you look at Bernie Sanders, for example, if you get a bunch of people giving you small amounts of money, I mean, that's really the future in my mind is, is you have to gain a, you have to gain a solid following. It doesn't have to be huge, but enough people, you know, let's say you get a thousand fans. Have you heard the thousand fan theory? If you have a mm. thousand fans and they give you a hundred dollars a year, that's a hundred grand. Anyone could live off a hundred grand all day long. Oh yeah. For, you know, for the year. Yeah. And that's only a thousand people. It's less you know. than ten bucks a month, right? And it's a small amount of people, but those are your true fans, and that's how you start to gain a following. It's going to be harder to gain a following because YouTube, in the algorithms, there people aren't seeing your show, right? Unless you're a big top dog like CNN. Sure, they're getting all the hits now. I mean, Kyle talked about that a bunch. How he, because he was on, you know, early enough, he was able to gain this larger crowd, but all these new people coming onto YouTube, they're not seeing it. They're not seeing those numbers spike. I mean, same thing happened with you with, uh, with Facebook. Mm -hmm. I remember, you know, with Facebook, those or you'd come up in organic searches all the time before they changed the algorithms. And now in order to get a solid following, you have to pay. It's all about money. Now you have to pay for the advertising for your shit to get seen on Instagram and Facebook. And if you're even a little bit controversial, it seems Good luck. Even paying isn't going to help you. Good luck. You know, it's just not going to. Yeah, I noticed on Instagram, I, I just, I told them to find people that are like my followers, right? So I, I boosted a, a post. And if you find, if they find people that are like your followers, I thought that that would be a good thing rather than picking my own, right? I just figured, oh, they'll just use an algorithm. They'll find mm -hmm. similar people. The age group was 55 and up, was like 80% of the followers. It was total bullshit. Really? Yeah. Because you can look at the stats of where it's going to and who's seeing your post. And it was, it was people that, in my mind, were not even close to the age group of the, of the types of people that are already following me. Huh. You would have thought Instagram would have really good systems for that. Now, if you do it yourself, can you go in and choose the age group? And yes. That Okay, but you just wanted to see if it could do it better on its own. I was curious to see what it would do, yeah. And from now on, I'm just going to pick the exact people, pick the location, because you can go in and be really specific about who you're picking. Hmm. I wonder, yeah, I would have thought it would be better than that. Maybe maybe the, it's going to get there. Let, let's talk about the people that they discuss that have been put in jail kind of like for whistleblowers. So there was the guy that talked about the drone strikes. What was his name? Daniel Hale. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I guess, was it under Obama? He and came out saying that 90% of Obama's drone, sh drone strikes killed innocent people. Oh, God. And now he's in jail for it. Mm -hmm. That's shocking. Release that guy. Also, yeah, I guess if you have security clearance, you got to be careful what you talk about. That's pretty standard. But that's kind of bullshit when that's something that people need to hear about. That's really messed up. Well, then, and then there was the Exxon guy 
That Who was, was the Exxon guy? He was someone that was talking about um, all the pollution and damage that mm. Exxon was causing. Mm-hmm. And Kyle was saying that the prosecutors and the judge and everyone was kind of like corrupt and bought off. Of course. And they put that guy away uh, as well, or he has a lot of legal battles. It's It's heartbreaking. I mean, what does it mean if we really take a step back from whistleblowers and – make them like almost encourage it right does it does it create this wild free-for-all where everyone's accusing everyone of all kinds of things or does it carefully expose real corruption and and like ultimately help us it's it's hard to know well i think the status or the the way news has is being fed to us now doesn't allow for that anymore. They're trying to get rid of it so bad. You know, it's like when the Washington Post talks about, you know, in the 70s when they when they came out with the, uh, with, you know, taking down Nixon and the Watergate files. Mm-hmm. Joe mentions that the Twitter files are the same thing, but nobody's talking about it. There's no real news media other than these smaller bits like Kyle's station talking about real stuff. So... Until we get people on board with wanting that and paying for for it and not believing all the shit they hear on regular news media, then it's not going to change. Well, you know what's interesting is Russell Brand, mm-hmm. about I think probably like 10 years ago, was often on the news mm-hmm. because he's always had his own political ideas or wanted to fight for certain things that he really felt strongly about like addiction reform and these sorts of things and is always articulated well and he's funny right he's Mm. great he's a Mm -hmm. he's a real character so they used to bring him on these shows like quite often you can look through youtube and see all these now that he has his youtube channel that actually is quite brilliant stories often and he brings up great points things that other media are definitely not talking about he i don't think he's been on any shows Lately. No, they're scared of him. Yeah, it's like he's got better at doing your job, and yep. you don't have him on to discuss anything? No, man, because he won't take the narrative ah. that they're being fed. Well, they're worried that he'd just come out with some wacky shit, and they won't know where to go. They'd have to cut the commercial real fast. What What was your take on universal basic income and the, the stats that Kyle gave about giving $500 to people, how it actually helped... Um, quite a bit and they weren't spending their money on booze and random things that they don't need, but that was actually helping them quite a bit. And it was only 500 bucks a month. Yeah. Well, I think it's important that it's an amount that you can't really live on. Take advantage of, yeah. But it's a nice addition. And I'm sure a lot of people will go from being broke to getting an extra 500 and immediately spend that on a car payment, which probably won't help them. But many people probably will sort it out. I think that, you know, what was happening during COVID, I I don't think I agree with Kyle on that when it came to, you know, sending him $1,000 or whatever a month. In California, it was like $1,000 a week, I think. Yeah, it was too much. And, and that was enough, maybe more than they made, people made while working. Right. I think that's bad. I just saw people that were getting that money that used to be really hard workers. They were young. They would hustle. They would do all the different types of jobs that they could. And now all of a sudden they're just trying to stay on this like free ride. Yeah, they got lazy. Oh, it made them lazy and depressed. That's what I saw. Yeah. It made them depressed because they didn't have that like drive anymore. True. And it, it was real sad. However, yeah, maybe a little bump for the poorest people would really help out. I mean, well, the, it keep, keeps your water on, keeps your power going, you know. The child tax credit was a huge one. I actually remember that one because my son was maybe three months old at the time. And it, we, we got a huge check for that. I think it was... What is that, like back on your taxes? Yeah, it was like $3,000 or something per quarter or it was a good it was a healthy amount and he was saying that it it got child poverty up or child um uh hunger was like basically gone after having that tax credit for children yeah shit like that is good yeah. I'm, I'm down for that but they for stopped sure. they just stopped doing it oh they did mm-hmm. oh no 
How long did they do it for then? Just, Just one year during, during COVID. I think it was it was maybe two years. Okay, year and a half. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, certain people need a bit of help for sure. You know, and what Joe was saying about people kind of reassessing their priorities in life now that they didn't work during COVID for so long, they're like, I'm not going back to working at you know, Wendy's. Mm-hmm. And this is why so many companies are really struggling to find employees. And I, I think ultimately it's a good thing because the, it was just shown people don't want to do those jobs. They were dissatisfied. What did they say? 80% of people were dissatisfied with their work. How depressing yeah. is that? Yeah. Only 18% of people actually like their jobs right oh now. Oh my God. That's not very many people, dude. No. And, and you got to assume if you talk to your five closest friends and more than one of them says they love their job, maybe someone's lying. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're just saying it to make themselves feel better. But Probably. Yeah. It's hard to find work that you love to do, that you would do for free. That's very difficult. That's a privileged few. But well, I recommend trying. Speaking of privileged few, the billionaires paying less in taxes. I mean, we've known this for a while now. Yeah. Billionaires paying less in taxes than the middle class. That's got to change. But does it mean that they pay less or a smaller percentage? It's a smaller percentage. So it's not a flat rate. Like, I think it should yeah. be a flat rate for everybody unless you make, you know, less than $40,000 a year or whatever. But they're still that, paying, like, millions and millions and millions. Whereas, like, the middle class families are paying t- t- 15 grand or 10. True, but the percentage of middle class, like, what is it, 28% is what middle class pays in taxes? I think so, yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, and billionaires are paying less than that. Yeah. So that, to me, is, that's that's not cool. Yeah, but they are building all the cool stuff that we have. They should still be paying at least the same amount as middle class, as far as a percentage goes, I think. Do you think that it would fix the problems, or the government would just take more money and spend it more irresponsibly? Well, we don't know what the government spends their money on. We're they lost $2.1 trillion, what, the day before 9-11? Oh. Was that in this one? Dude, that'll get us canceled. Let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... What, or, about, what about the MLK letter? I mean, scary, but I don't see how... JRE Companion uh, posted the letter on Instagram. I didn't uh, yeah, read I re- the whole thing. I read it. Oh, you did? I read it. So so the FBI sent that to MLK? Apparently. What are they, they like, sent it trying to, to encourage him to commit suicide or saying, look, we're going to kill you soon? I, th- I think they were trying to get him to freak out and maybe hurt himself and so that they didn't have to follow through with the conspiracy theory that ultimately led to his death. Oh. Yeah, kind of crazy. I mean, we always knew that the FBI had it out for him. I mean, they were listening to his phone calls. I, I thought it was interesting how they found, you know, that he was committing adultery, obviously. Right. But they were trying to do the same thing with with Malcolm X, but he led such a clean life that they couldn't they couldn't find anything bad. Right. No dirt. There was no dirt, but there was plenty of dirt on on MLK. And I think they just wanted to to point that out to him and see if maybe he would commit suicide. I don't know. Why else would they send the letter? I don't know. That's so fucked, though. This is your own government. And then the the Epstein autopsy report saying that he was strangled it because it like because it. it was low. No, it was. It looked like he was strangled, not from hanging. Because the, <laughs> no, the, the I, report. I meant it, sorry, I meant it doesn't look like he committed suicide. No. Yeah. I mean, that's been a pretty hilarious meme for some time. People have even gone on the news, talked about other things that have nothing to do with that, and ended with, oh, and by the way, Epstein didn't kill himself. Mm -hmm. It's, get that book. Where is that book? I know a lot of rich people are on it, but that's insane. The Epstein Black Book? Yeah. Where, Where is it? Who went there? What are they up to? Where are all the videotapes? Well, we don't have to show that now because he committed suicide. They're just going to pretend. Oh, and we that, just move on, yeah. should we? I'm I guess nothing pretend. to see here, folks. Close the island down. See, maybe AI is going to solve these problems for us. We're going to be able to type something in to the AI open source, and, and it then finds it. It actually gives us the real data. You would just think that <laughs> someone somewhere got a hold of that book, and then could put it on the internet. Like you only have to upload it once, and then we make a million copies of it, and then there it is. Yeah, just like the Tommy and and 
the Pam, <laughs> the Pam and Tommy porno. video. It's just everywhere. It's everywhere. Can't get rid of it. Uh, dude, it's so wild. So wild. So wild. Just like the Four Loco, bringing back Four Loco for Protect Our Parks. You uh, think they're going to do that? 100%. That'll be fun. That'll be a wild episode. I mean, Joe is trying to find it. The problem is we've already had a Save Our Parks that, or Protect Our Parks where Airy was throwing up. How far do they want to go? It's like just going to be Shane left and everyone else is completely flawed. I'd watch it. Sounds brilliant. How are we going to get money out of the news? I think that it comes down to until we take money out of... Oh, and politics. Out of these, you know, these algorithms are changing because they're going towards the CNNs of the world that are actually paying way more money in advertising to be seen more. How, how do we get rid of that? I don't know. I think it comes down to the people paying for alternative uh, platforms. Right, like, or if Twitter starts doing videos, that was interesting. If Twitter starts creating videos and it's less unbiased, it's not biased anymore because we have somebody like Elon running it, and he's not letting those algorithms do the things that every other platform is doing. That could be a huge change. I mean, I mean Elon like, could save it. Everything's going to be a little biased always. We can't help it. Humans just do it. But if we can keep a cap on it, keep it like as low bias as possible. Those ones are always going to be the best ones to use. I think sky's the limit for what Elon can do with Twitter because basically he just has a massive like audience across the board. And right now it's just little stories and pictures and some other things and maybe a short clip. But who knows where he could go with it. He could have a side branch thing that's just all videos. He could have another thing that is like a crypto buying system that he sets up, global banking. Like who knows? The He's problem is, if he starts leaning into those things, he better get the best security in the world. Mm-hmm. I think the banks and global elites are not going to like that at all. It's like, yeah, sorry, dude, too much power. It's He better be careful. I don't want to lose him. No. I'd be so sad. <laughs> I would. I'd be like, come on. He's going to get us to Mars. He's doing cool shit. Got to keep him alive. All right, I want to finish up with Roundup. Roundup is in 80% of everyone's urine. Hmm. I don't know Glyphosate. How, yeah, Glyphosate. that's it. What, how do we... It, how big of a problem is this? How much cancer is coming from this? How bad is it? If it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, it's in everybody's thing, everybody's body, but, you know, it's like a low carcinogenic effect, or... It's like, no, this is like 40% of the reason everyone gets cancer by the end of their life. Hmm. What are we supposed to do? How do we not do it? Even if you like go hunting for elk like Joe does, surely they're just getting on farmland and eating berries and all the rest of it. They've got it in their system. Yeah. I don't, I don't, unless it's just banned completely, how do you stop it getting in your system? Well, it's purchasing power. And unfortunately, organic food costs way more. Maybe not way more, but quite a bit more. And glyphosate isn't in organic foods. Well, there was something I saw the other day that was saying quite a lot of the organic food sold at um, Whole Foods Mm -hmm. is bought from China. Mm. And that it says organic, but they're not actually properly testing or regulating that organic food so it might not even be organic so grow your own food know your farmers none of it is easy that's so much work it's so much work we basically just have to go back to being like it's like self-sufficient thing it's like every i mean if you live in a city or you've got a busy job and blah 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 it's like yeah you're not you're not having a garden that where you're growing your own food no of course so there's a select few that can do it and hunt your own meat. It's it's just it's just not really easy for most people. There's no easy out on this one. No. But I think it is important to get that information, like find out how bad it is. This stuff scares me. Well, it's the gluten thing, right? Everybody says we're, you know, we're having this gluten problem. Everyone's allergic to gluten and it's creating all these horrible problems. The celiacs and 
isn't that, aren't they now figuring out it's all glyphosate was actually the reason why it's, they're claiming it's gluten, but really it's just Roundup being sprayed on the wheat. Like changing it, right? Yeah. Because if, because when people eat like the traditional pastas and breads of Italy, mm. where they're using different types of wheat yeah. and flour and all the rest of it, it, people aren't having these problems. Well, it's, it's not even different types of wheat. It's just wheat that doesn't get sprayed with pesticides. Is it, is it really th- that that makes yeah, that changes it, the wheat? Well, it, in in Italy, they don't use the they don't spray all their food with glyphosate. Mm. It's not like the U.S. where everything is getting sprayed with Roundup. Yeah, we make too much food. It's probably hard to do at scale. I mean, that's no excuse, but it's like you know, you tackle one problem at a time, and then most of the time you make more problems. We just need to find more bats. <laughs> The bats will help us. Pollinating bats, if I know anything. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're like I said earlier, they're in last week's pod about the bats. There's always a natural source that could get rid of, maybe not do as good of a job as Roundup, but if you look at the, the positives and the negatives of Roundup as opposed to using something like a beetle or a bug that could get rid of these pesticides so that the wheat doesn't get doesn't die off, that to me is the answer, but how do you get, how do you stop Monsanto from spraying Roundup? That's the question. It's like people need to come out and get upset about it before it will ever change. Yeah, about 10 years ago, one of the first really good documentaries on Netflix was the Monsanto one, mm-hmm. and people were furious, up in arms. It was like the big conspiracy and frustration. And then, of course, they weathered the storm, hung out, they've just got too much money and too many lawyers. And they just sat tight, and here they are, still here, buying up more shit. It's like, yeah, we need a new documentary about it. We need something to create some outrage so people can get upset and try and change it. I don't know. I think we can. I think we can. Well, the happiest people are farmers. So, (laughs) Is that right? Said that the happiest people when it came to jobs, it was farmers, and and the least happy were lawyers. Fair enough. Well, there we go, folks. Be a farmer. Don't be a lawyer. All right. That's it for this week. We love you guys. And talk to you later. Later.